Hi, and thank you for joining us for In All Things, a weekly podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. I'm Rachel Joseph. Your host for In All Things is Dean Weaver, State Clerk of the EPC. The motto of our family of congregations is, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean. And thank you so much, Rachel Joseph, as always, appreciate your kind opening for us and getting us started on yet another conversation on In All Things, a weekly podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. And if you've been with us for a while, you know that we drop a podcast every Friday on your favorite podcast sites, no matter where you go, whether it's uh, Apple platform or whether it's Podbean or whether you just simply go to the EPC website at epc.org. And wherever you go, you can find that podcast every Friday. We drop a new episode and we're growing in our audience and our conversations and people are spreading the word. And we just want to thank you not only for joining us today, but for liking us on social, for sharing it with people in your congregation, perhaps even sharing it with your elders or your pastor and getting the word out as we have conversations that are not only for the EPC, but I think apply to the broader church as others listen in. Hopefully they will be blessed as well as I think will be with our conversation today. Today, we'll be talking with Kurt Taylor. Kurt is the senior pastor at Cherry Hills Community Church in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, outside of Denver, a beautiful, beautiful suburb. Kurt is not only the lead pastor there, but he's the host pastor for our upcoming 43rd General Assembly. And so, Kurt, it's a delight to have you on in all things. Dean, I'm a longtime fan of the show, and it's a privilege to be here. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm not going to press on whether you're really a longtime fan of the show or not, but that's kind of you. I appreciate that. But this episode of In All Things is, um, as you all probably know, we, we don't actually have sponsors, although if any of you has the idea and you want to sponsor us, we're certainly open to that. We've just never really done anything about it. So we have pseudo sponsors that are different things that say this episode of In All Things is brought to you by your friends at the Office of the General Assembly. And as we're approaching our General Assembly, it seems appropriate that you would know that there is a whole staff of people who exist to serve you. We're not a large organization. The Office of the General Assembly, an average weekday, might have 19 to 20 people uh, in the office. So we're, for a national and even international organization, we're really not that big. But the folks that are there carry big responsibilities, and they love to serve the church. They exist to do that. And not just in terms of putting on the General Assembly, they love to serve the church in terms of just yielding uh, your phone calls whenever they come in. They love to be able to help you with finances. They love to be able to help you with technology. They help you with anything that you might call in for. It could be human resource questions or, or anything related to your church that you call the Office of the General Assembly. A real human being is going to answer the phone and help you with communication strategies, how to um, improve and expand your reach in terms of global outreach, church planting, you name it. The people in that office are servants of the Lord, and they love to serve the church. And uh, you'll never see that in more display than at the General Assembly when they have worked hard behind the scenes to put on what is a great event that serves the entire Evangelical Presbyterian Church. And we hope You'll come to the EPC General Assembly this summer and see exactly what I'm talking about. Well, let's go ahead and dig into our conversation for today. Kurt, why don't you help the audience as they're coming to your backyard now to get to know you a little bit and your journey? 
and how you ended up at uh, Cherry Hills Church. That's a fun journey. It really is, is God. It's one of those things that you can look in life and there's a lot of times in life you're really unsure and uncertain, and then sometimes God just throws a door open and, and you can be really sure. And I've been here at Cherry Hills for the last 18 months. And so uh, this summer, it'll be two years ago, I, I got uh, reached out to from the search committee. And I was at a big church in, in Houston, Texas. And my wife and I were in that, that season of life and process of life of really thinking about what's next and, and knew I wanted to be a senior pastor felt called to, to go be a lead pastor, but wasn't really sure the timing and wasn't really sure where. And uh, we're at that stage of life. Uh, my, my wife and I are both 39. We've got three young kids, we've got a 10 year old boy and an eight year old girl and then a four year old girl. And uh, at that stage of life that it's better to make that move sooner rather than later, because uh, they're still at a season where you can move with, with a 10 year old and they don't tell you that. You've ruined their life. And so we were kind of on that fence of praying about what's next and where we got have for us. And then I got reached out to from, from Cherry Hills. They were using a search firm. And that search firm reached out. And, and to be honest, we had never heard of Cherry Hills, but quickly started reading about it and thinking about it and watching a lot of content and started having conversations with the search committee and prayed through it and, and really just kind of one step after the next. We, we more and more and more felt that, that this was exactly what God wanted for us. And it was an interesting side story when, when we were thinking about coming to Colorado. A good dear friend and, and mentor of mine, a guy named Josh Ellis, who started discipling me when I was in sixth grade, has continued to disciple me that whole time, officiated my wife and I's wedding. He's born and raised in, in Colorado. And so I was telling him about the opportunity and his encouragement is he said, you really need to pray about going to Colorado before you get there. Because if you go to Colorado and take one look at the mountains, you're going to decide that God has called you to Colorado. <laughs> so I understood that coming from, from Texas where uh, yeah. I love Texas, but, but doesn't have any mountains in the part of Texas that I was in. And so uh, we came out and it was an interesting weekend because the, the weekend we were here, there were fires in California and there were fires in the mountains of of Colorado. And so because mm. of the smoke, you couldn't see the mountains, which, which as you know, and, and as everybody will experience this summer at, at General Assembly, our, our church has about the most spectacular view of the mountains of, of any place I've, I've ever been. I had nothing to do with it. I didn't pick the site. I didn't help, help build the building. I, I just got to inherit something that some amazing men of God and women of God uh, worked really hard to create. But as amazing as that landscape is, I couldn't see it. So that, that whole weekend, I can tell you definitively that my wife and I did not fall in love with the church because of the mountains, because we never saw it. <laughs> so we, we came out and, and really just fell in love with the people. And uh, this church was founded 41 years ago by Jim Dixon. He was really a hero in the EPC and a guy that was, yep. that was very involved early on. Sadly, he, he's no longer with us. He passed away. But... Jim and two other guys, Bob and Bo, they, they were doing a men's Bible study and, and really felt God called them to, to, to start a church. And so they started a, a church plant 41 years ago that grew and grew and grew. And, and Jim was just a visionary guy that, that stayed faithful to God's word, but, but really had a vision for teaching the word of God, doing an amazing job of building community and then being very intentional about reaching people that, that are not part of the church some of your listeners might know, is, is a very unchurched city. When you compare it nationally, always on one of those lists is one of the least church cities. 
And so that idea of we've got to be about those people that are not here, we've got to be the E and EPC, we've got to be evangelistic in who we are and what we do, that, that's been a part of our church really from the foundation in the beginning. And it's right. one of the things that my wife and I fell in love with. We came out here and we loved the people and we, we loved the history and we loved the legacy and loved the idea of being a church that's founded on God's word, teaching scripture, a church that is really trying to do a good job of build community, but also a church that unapologetically is trying to reach the lost for the gospel. And and so through all of that, we, we ended up at Cherry Hills and it's it's been an amazing, amazing journey. And these last, last 18 months have been really just a privilege to serve the, the bride of Christ and, and do it wholeheartedly and kind of try and get out of God's way and, and let God continue to do the amazing things that he's historically done at this church and in this, this last 18 months has done at this church. Well, that's awesome. I, I want to rewind the tape a little bit here, Kurt, and just affirm you in a couple of important places. First, I want to thank you for your wisdom in moving it when you did in terms of your kids' ages, because I, I took the move to Pittsburgh when my oldest daughter was going into 11th grade. And my gosh, if looks could kill, I would have been dead multiple times over uh, for, for dragging her away from all of her friends. And, you know, I thought, oh my gosh, this is unsurvivable. She's never going to forgive me. But thankfully, when she got to Memorial Park, she met a young man that would ultimately become her husband. But it was pretty sketchy there for a little while. So uh, I want to affirm your your family decision. I think that's a great call. I I want to affirm the fact that you uh, made a call to a church, not because of the mountains, because you're absolutely right. They're drop-dead gorgeous. And if nobody, if you come to General Assembly for no other reason, and I hope you come for better reasons than this, but if you didn't come for any other reason, you should come to like sit out on your patio just because it's just so drop dead gorgeous. I mean, it's 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 maybe one of the prettiest views of any places I've been traveling around for the EPC. And then I just want to affirm your call. I think you are the the person that, that Cherry Hills has longed and waited for. That congregation has gone through a lot over the last number of years since Jim retired and then passed away. And you're absolutely right. He's a a legacy foundational person in the life of the EPC. I can tell you, you're just the right person that that church needed at just the right time. And I see God's hand in it all the way. So that blessing you're experiencing, I know Cherry Hills is experiencing. I know Denver is experiencing. And we in the EPC are experiencing. So thank you for being wise in all of those things. It's been neat in the EPC, coming from someone who wasn't in the EPC, coming to the EPC. Everybody from from you to guys like Brad Strait to Doug's uh, in Denver, Doug Brown and, and Doug Ressler, it's just been amazing to come into a community that has been incredibly supportive, and it, it's been a true joy, it really has. Yeah, I guess that was the one question I was going to ask you, Kurt. As someone who came into the EPC from another denomination, what has caught your attention? What have you appreciated? What has surprised you? I mean, any of the, because, you know, sometimes if you've been in the EPC a long time, you sort of take some things for granted, right? Anything that you would point out in your time that would be helpful for people who've been in the EPC a long time to see from a fresh perspective? The biggest thing for me is it affirmed the value of our denomination and being being connected and part of a denomination. As we are a part of a country that moves more and more post-Christian. And I, I don't know if we are there yet, but if we're not there yet, we're fastly approaching being a post-Christian culture and a post-Christian society. I think what it really then becomes is 
you don't want to be in a silo. You don't want to be operating by yourself. And I think our denomination really does a good job. It's what's on our website in the Essentials Unity and the Non-Essentials Liberty and All Things Charity. Our denomination does a really good job of saying these are some core essentials to us that we're going to stand firm on the gospel and scripture and Jesus and, and the person of Jesus. You can find a community of people that are going to walk alongside you in that. And so I, I think the value of a denomination has been really eye-opening. And, and then especially the community. The Presbytery West is a wonderful community of, of men and women that uh, a lot of us are located in the Colorado area. And so because of that, I see guys not just at Presbytery, but also regularly around that. We got a once a month gathering that happens here in Denver of some guys that get together and and just talk talk about ministry, talk about hardships, talk about challenges. And I think, as you know, and listeners definitely know, being in ministry has seasons that are really, really hard. I think we're coming out of a few years of of ministry that have been really, really hard. And when you are operating on an island, I think the longevity, the shelf life of how long someone can withstand that pressure in ministry is shortened. And so when you have a community that you can walk alongside with, you can share burdens with, and you can celebrate wins with, I just think it goes a really, really long way. And so uh, the, the EPC has been so gracious and so good of with wide open arms of, of welcoming into to a family. And uh, I just could not be more impressed and, and blown away by, by how easy it has been to acclimate. Well, and we, you know, it's easy for us, Kurt, because you're not only an easy person to connect with, but you, you know that Cherry Hills Community Church is stronger because of its connection with those other things. And, you know, I loved your description earlier on how that church from its inception was really founded, number one, on solid preaching of the scripture, And number two, with this outward focus to this community that is increasingly either post-Christian or unchurched. And I'm just thinking that, you know, here you are coming out of Texas, which has a very different culture, and you're in a much more progressive state, much more postmodern state. And I would think you're being connected with those other people who have been in that culture. They kind of get the lay of the land. Being connected with those people it's not just about sharing and letting your hair down, but it's also about like best practices and learning the culture and iron sharpening iron as you make each other better in reaching out to that community, right? Oh, absolutely. And you, you hit the nail on the head with it's all about contextualization. The gospel, the message of the gospel does not change, but how we reach different cultures has to be contextualized to that culture. And any of your listeners that, that are in the Bible Belt uh, Texas is definitely part of that Bible Belt. It's it's the belt buckle in some ways of the Bible Belt, and <laughs> it's it, it has some things about that that makes it much easier, and some things about that that makes it much more difficult. So I, I think the challenge of being in a very quote unquote Christian culture, because you have a lot of people that it's it's culturally the norm to go to church, to be a part of church, to claim to be a Christian. Uh, that with it is in some ways easier because it's easier to get people to church because they think they're supposed to go to church. I think in some ways it's harder to evangelize someone who thinks they are a Christian who is in fact not a Christian. And so coming right. to Colorado in that regard, uh, it, it's just different because you have people here that, that I, I wouldn't say most people, especially in, in Southern Denver, they're not antagonistic to the gospel. But it's not the cultural norm to be a Christian. So there's there's no cultural 
benefit to claiming to be a Christian if you're not one. And I think in some ways it's easier to reach those people because at least they know where they stand. They'll be the first to tell you, oh, no, I'm, I'm not a Christian. I don't have any problem with church, but I'm, I'm not a Christian. And reaching that person for the gospel in, in a lot of ways is easier than reaching the person that thinks that they're a Christian yeah. that really isn't one. So that, that yeah. community has been great. Uh, talking to people that have, have gone before me has been a part of this community who really understand uh, what it is to reach people in this community has been a huge asset that I otherwise would not have. Yeah, that's super helpful. And I, I think really, Kurt, that tees up in, in many respects where I want to go next is, is kind of in prepping for our General Assembly. Because as, as people are listening to this, you know, they're going to be making decisions about whether they come to GAA or if they've already decided they're coming, started to prepare by digging into what that's going to look like and how to best prepare themselves for what we're going to be doing uh, at this General Assembly. And I think just as you're facing new times and doing the contextualization in your culture, the entire church really has to do that, right? I mean, that's, that's across the board for our global workers. They're doing the contextualization work and adapting to new environments. Our churches are all finding the communities around them changing and, and needing to figure out how do you take the changeless message of the gospel into a community that is changing almost at the speed of AI, right? And yet, the General Assembly is a place where I think this year, it's not just about coming and doing quote-unquote business. It's also about tons of digging down into these gospel priorities so that we can help equip the church to better reach the lost for the gospel in their communities and to the ends of the earth. So tell us a little bit about what you're excited about in General Assembly coming up this year and what people might expect as they come on the campus of Cherry Hills Church. Well, we're definitely excited to host. It's just such a privilege and benefit to have our denomination come and, and have people from all over our country to, to come to Colorado in a month that it's really fun to come to Colorado. So yeah. June is, is gorgeous. Uh, we, we definitely have some, some cold moments and cold weeks of the year, but, but man, June is really hard to beat. We're not doing GA in Colorado in January, right? <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. And right. so, uh, so one, we're, we're just excited to host in a in a moment that that really lets Colorado show off a little bit. And so, uh, being able to to be a, a host site, God's blessed us with some phenomenal facilities, and to, to be able to use those facilities for the kingdom and, and be good stewards of those it just makes our entire congregation nothing but happy and excited. Our entire congregation obviously knows that we're hosting and, and we've got a whole host of volunteers that want to do everything we can to, to roll out the red carpet and then make our guests feel right at home and enjoy everything that, that we have to offer. Uh, but what I'm really excited about is just in conversations with you and the, the, the team that's leading the GA, the direction that you're taking us, we're at this crossroads with culture, and, and you saw a lot of it coming out of these last few years where there's just been so much divisiveness, so much divisiveness that has existed in politics, so much divisiveness that's existed because of COVID, uh, because of just different cultural issues. And right in the middle of that, I, I think that the, the church is, is both at the crossroads where, where there's some serious challenges, but I think that the opportunities for the gospel in so many respects have never been better, at least in my lifetime. Because I think that the need for the gospel in so many people's lives is more apparent now than it ever has been before. And so you look at really right. any study that they've done, and in these last few years, you've had 
substance abuse has skyrocketed and depression has skyrocketed and suicide rates have gone up and, and the overall well-being of our teens is at the worst of recorded levels in American history. I mean, it's just every study you look at, it's just bad of where they are. And so you can look at that and either throw your hands up and say, oh, how sad it is to be in our country. Or from a gospel-centered standpoint, from the capital C standpoint, you can look at it and say, we've never had a better time than right now to meet the need that our culture has. What, what our culture really needs is Jesus. Amen. They just don't know that. And so I think the potential that we have coming on the heels of so much brokenness in our culture and society and so much divisiveness is we have a place where people can become unified. People, it's historically one of the, the great things about the church, that Christianity was the first religion on the face of the earth, that people from different ethnicities and different socioeconomic backgrounds and all kinds of, you put them in a room and it doesn't make any sense whatsoever that they were coming together because Jesus was the thing that united them. And I think that this is a moment in our nation that we have that same potential, that, that there's so much need, there's so much divisiveness. And if we can really have good strategies to how we can take the gospel to our nation, to, to all of our churches, and really do a good job of reaching the, the marginalized and the broken and the lost, it's one of those moments where you can, years from now, look back and say, for such a time as this, that, that God, as much junk has happened in the last few years. God does not waste that, and God can use that for His good and for His glory. And so us coming together as a denomination and, and sharing insights and, and receiving some amazing teaching of how in this moment we can really stand together, walk arm in arm, and, and reach this nation for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen, brother. Amen. Preach it. I'm grateful to hear it, and I appreciate not only the insight, but the enthusiasm and you guys have been such great collaborative partners. The Office of the General Assembly has really enjoyed working with you and your team at Cherry Hills because you guys aren't just, you know, hosting and doing logistics. You're actually really partners in this thing. And you guys have been giving us ideas and refining this and making it better. And so it's it's just been a really cool collaborative process working with you guys. And I'm excited for us to bring that forward for the denomination to see because obviously we have a new format this year it's only three days instead of four we're going to dig deep on these plenary sessions around all four of the gospel priorities as our strategies on how we do this and so i think people are going to come away saying oh you know we got a lot of important business done but that felt a little bit more like a conference uh, with some business thrown in than it was just purely a business meeting and i i think those changes i think those adaptations are going to be a blessing to the church and you guys have helped us think through how to do that really, really well. And so just really grateful to you, grateful to your team. And um, as we bring this conversation to a close, do you have any last words of encouragement to those who are listening? Maybe they're on the on the edge about coming or maybe they're coming and not sure what to expect. Do you have any anything you want to encourage them in as we as we wrap this up? Well, I will tell you that as much as we've promoted Colorado, and Colorado is definitely one extra encouragement to come because you can tack a day on at the end or a day on at the beginning, and, and it's a great place to vacation. But as much as those great things are, and as excited as I am about the content, I, I will just brag, uh, we've got a, a brand new worship pastor that just came on our staff, and, and the, the worship that, that we've been thinking about and planning for General Assembly, I, I just truly believe it's going to be off the charts. As we have all kinds of different styles of, of worship that happen at, at our many, many different 
congregations across the country. I, I think the vision that we've got to do a little bit of everything of, Hey, we're going to have a session where we're going to be much more traditional and then we're going to have a session that's much more contemporary and we're going to hit everything in between. I, I think that the experience that people come in will be blown away, really have a time to individually set apart some time to get refocused, recharged, to worship God in a powerful way. Uh, but hopefully also be encouraged and, and, and see some, some different styles and, and go back pumped up and excited about what God is doing inside the EPC in so many different places and, and excited about what God can do and will do in each of our churches as we leave GA with just an extra fire and extra excitement for, for what God can do. Yeah, I feel like if we do a part two of this, I just need to like get out of the way and let you roll because you, you're, uh, you're bringing the word. I appreciate <laughs> it, brother. Well, folks, if you uh, haven't already, check out epc.org and you can learn more about our General Assembly. There's a banner at the top of the website, which will take you all to the information there. And, and go to the, and Google uh, Cherry Hills Community Church in Denver and learn more about the amazing ministry of that uh, faith community and all that they're doing. And begin to prayerfully prepare yourself. Hopefully, you're coming and joining Kurt and I at GA. But if you're not able to come, we certainly hope that you would come alongside of us in prayer. Because when the church comes together in the way that we are going to do June 20th, 21st, and 22nd, the kingdom of heaven is poured out and the kingdom of Satan trembles when the church comes together and and strategizes and plans and prays for the gospel to go forth. Because the mission of the EPC is that we exist to carry out the Great Commission. And we're coming to this General Assembly to sharpen one another, to equip one another, as Ephesians 4.12 says or the ministry, so that we might go to the ends of the earth with the gospel. Well, friends, that concludes our conversation for today. I hope this has been a blessing to you, and I, I ask you and encourage you to share this with others in your congregation, your friends or family circles, that they might be blessed by this conversation as well. And we finish out, as we always do, with that good word from God's word from Colossians chapter 1. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, that is our Savior Jesus, for by him all things were created, whether in heaven and on earth, visible or invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Because you see, he is before all things, my friends, and in him and in him alone, all things hold together, for he is the head of the body, the church. Until the next time we gather, my friends, I bid grace and peace to you. Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of Dean and the entire team, we hope you will join us for our next episode of In All Things. For more information about the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, including a directory of local churches, online resources, and much more, visit our website at www.epc.org. I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today.